What's a what's a popular catchphrase from the nineties? What's up? <laughs> what's up, <laughs> Lita? <laughs> That's our worst intro ever. Welcome to After the Hype. <laughs> Your host is always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darzo. What's up? <laughs> and Jonathan Hardison. Ah. <laughs> was Hump Day a 90s thing? I don't know. Was even Was Up a 90s thing or is that no, it, early 2000s? I, I, I honestly don't remember. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of glad I don't remember. But either way, perfect hit, way. Hit me, baby, one more time. There we go. There we are. That, that's, that's a, a 90s, 90s thing. thing. Um, I mean, oh, you know what? We should have done that. Do over. I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. Because Alita uh, definitely hits people one more time. That's yeah. true. Um, all of these would have been better intros than was up. But that's what hey. stayed. Hey. Because it was magical. <laughs> the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it was horrible. And that's perfect. Although Alita isn't horrible. We'll get into it. First... <laughs> Where have you been doing? Chewie, you want to go first, right? You were just saying about how you had so many things to say for where have you been doing this week. You said this week you had something really important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really, you... Yeah, right? I'm not making this up. Yeah, just before we hit record, it was like, I'm so busy, guys, with all this cool stuff I've been doing. Let she was go... so excited to Let talk about it. Let me go through it. my Facebook watching. feed. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I've been doing. I've been posting to Facebook. <laughs> been, uh... <laughs> And selling some things That's in that marketplace. Do. do you want to retell another trailer that you've seen yes. recently? Okay. Okay. Oh, let's make this a thing. Like- another trailer I looked at without sound because I was at work, and this is just what I do when I'm at work. So people don't know I'm watching videos. Uh, the new trailer for Parasite, which is listed as a drama, drama comedy mystery. It's from the director of... Um, I almost had train spotting, but no. Nope. my name. Snowpiercer and the host. Oh, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Um, yeah, Bong Joon-ho. It's his new movie, okay. and it looks like it's about a lower class family conning their way into becoming nannies for the children of an upper class family and just like the different cultural woes uh, that they have. And there's a nice line in the trailer which they had uh subtitles for so they so said you know they're they're rich but they're nice and then the other character comes in and goes no they're nice because they're rich and it just i'm sure that there's a lot of classness in this like stuff about class in this movie that i can gather from the trailer uh and it looks very tense and there's a one shot of some splattered blood so i guess maybe someone's gonna get murdered uh and yeah the movie's called parasite which definitely is a pretty good name for a movie about class issues. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's the trailer so, for Par- Parasite. Par- silent Parasite trailer. Sounds yeah. sounds interesting. I look yeah. forward to seeing it. I'm sure the movie has sound. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. Uh, I'll go next. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. Um, if you want to hear my full thoughts on it, check out the front row, full disclosures. I joined them for an episode. We had a very fun conversation. I did to them, which I, I apologized in the episode. I hate it when people do it here. Like when we finished our whole like quotes and review system and then somebody remembers something else about the movie they wanted to say that just had to squeeze it in there. I'm like, I do that all the time. Yeah, people don't know that because I cut it out because it annoys um. me. <laughs> so I was like, no, the show was done. Fine. Um, <laughs> Our guests used to do it way more and notice who's not here anymore. 
guests. Uh, <laughs> they died. But, uh, we killed all of them. But it was a very good conversation, so please check out the front row, Full Disclosures, where we talk about it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the movie itself is... I think way better than a lot of people are giving it credit. Like I oh. agree with the critics. Like the critics are throwing like accolades at it and saying it's fantastic. I'm more in their camp than I am. Most everybody else is like, it's too long and boring. I, I think this is the first Tarantino movie where he has something to say. And a lot of it I took as critiques against himself, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, it was nice seeing a self-reflective Tarantino, which you don't get very often. There are problems. He's not really known for to be sure. humble. Exactly. And this one is by far his most restrained movie. Uh, I'd say his most humble movie and his nicest movie. Like, oh. bar none, his nicest movie. Uh, there is still violence. There is still craziness. It is still very much a Tarantino movie. But it was a different version of a Tarantino movie. And for that, I found it really refreshing and I really liked it. Um and yeah, I, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. I think everybody should see it. I think they should stop listening to everyone going, it's too long. Just give it a shot. I didn't notice the time when I was in the theater. I I blazed through it. And went, that was fantastic. I've almost never like counted the time during any of his movies. Yeah, I don't either. So like, like it's... Well, we're living in an age where if you don't have an action sequence every 20 minutes, people will generally say the movie was too long. And this one is, oh boy, do you wait. There's one kind of fight, maybe about halfway through it, and then there's the the obvious, like the one, the the very conflict heavy Bruce Lee fight that happens pretty early on, um, and then the actual like the meat of the violence in the movie is all at the end, which is fucking three hours into your life, and yeah. you know it's coming. Like they couldn't telegraph. I don't want to spoil how they telegraph it, but they blatantly tell you it's about to get real violent, and they make it obvious and it's really well done and I, I think the movie's great i think people should see it john where about you where have you been doing so i'm still getting my way through the witcher books finally one was available at the library after over a month of waiting lucky you which by that during that time i got through like three sookie stackhouse books so <laughs> that's kind of how it is one witcher book and then another month later another witcher book or so and it's got through baptism of fire which is the fourth in the i there's two short story collections before i don't i'm not good on the numbers it's just the next one in this series and everything's gone to shit, and Geralt is uh, healing as he's looking for Ciri, and there's little threads that remind me of the game. And it was very much an intermediary book compared to the ones before, where there's a couple of action-packed moments that are interesting, but by and large, it's recovering, dealing with the war that's going on around them, and then finally, oh shit, this happens at the end. Doesn't sound bad. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. It's, It's a very interesting book series to read, though. Because there are parts that are really dry and really like, as I, even as I'm driving and have nothing else to do on the road, I'm just like, kind of like, oh God, this is going on forever. But then there are parts that are ex- insanely exciting. Like there's a, a campfire conversation between uh, Geralt, the bard that he's with, and this vampire. And he's just the vampire that, that he's with is dispelling all these myths um, that are wrong about him. And they're just cordially talking. And and then like they get there's the banter going back and forth between all of them that's really fascinating hmm. i almost stayed out in the car longer when i got home just because i was like i want to see how this conversation wraps up and then you know that's the then it goes to another conversation between messengers and aides and soldiers and spies about the war going on around and it just gets so boring so it's a very fascinating book series to read that it has such high highs and such low lows huh and yeah i definitely i, I mean i'm interested to see where it goes but they are definitely taking their sweet time i'm not sure if i'll ever check it out you got too many comic books to read. I have so many comic books to read. But for those who are interested, it's definitely worth checking out. Just be prepared for some of that uh, dryness to come in there. Because 
yeah, King so-and-so moved over to the border of this land and was doing this and that. And they went over to that river and killed a bunch of people there. And, and then the next thing later, there, Geralt is like down a river trying to not be shot by arrows by two warring sides. So like it goes from dry to interesting. I'll take your word for it and yeah. try to play the video game at some point, which I still can't get through. It's just not for me, I don't think. I just don't think the Witchers are it's my wheelhouse, but that's okay. If you keep trying and it's not working, don't keep trying. I've tried all three games. I can't play them more than like two hours. I just get bored. Yeah. I still don't think it's for me. I think, that, I think that is the staple of it. It's yeah. just long stretches of something, just wandering fantasy elements, and then some action, and then back to long stretched out moments so it's probably not your speed yeah i'll keep playing assassin's creed <laughs> alita 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 or alita i'm trying to alita. say it like they say it in the, alita can like, you get me a liter of blah 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 i i just i love the way mahershala ali says it throughout the movie because he doesn't really hit the t he kind of turns it like almost like a d sound alita and it's like alita. man i could listen to that guy read the phone book i love mahershala ali <laughs> Uh, Except it wouldn't help with the phone book if he's missing up the T's and the D's. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, so Alita came out earlier this year to most people's surprise because nobody fucking saw it. Uh, <laughs> it's yep. true. It's real, and I think that's honestly really too bad. And that's kind of be what I'm going to talk a lot about in this movie. I think because we'll review the movie as much as we can, but I think the the culture around the movie is almost a little more interesting than the movie itself. This time, so we'll we'll do that first, and then we'll kind of move into like the reaction or lack thereof. Um, but first, let's see what happened in this movie. Chewie, can you tell us everything that happened in Alita? Okay, very quickly, <clears throat> as quickly as possible. Alita. It is a movie about a guy who goes into a trash pile and finds a girl, gives that girl a body. Turns out it's his daughter's body. His ex-wife's kind of mad. Uh, and then it turns out she's like a super smart uh, martial artist, secret something something. And she's Kunst. she's kind of angsty. And then her Sado father's like, stop being so angsty. And she's like, you're a hunter killer. And he's like, I do it for the money. And, and then there's this boy that she falls in love with because plot. Uh, <laughs> and then it turns out the boy's kind of a dick. And then she forgives him because romance. I don't plot. know. Plot. plot. Uh, and she decides to play this chasing a ball game because everyone loves a chasing a ball game. That's the, the hallmark of most games. It's rollerball on a speed racer track. Yes. Bunch of people chasing after a ball. <laughs> So, uh, and that's really violent, but she's really good at it. And then it uh, turns out it's fixed, but she's going to do it anyway and find her way to get to the special villain at the very end. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of it? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's that's exactly. You could pull the boyfriend out of this movie and it really doesn't affect much. Nah, it might actually make it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like the boyfriend. I. I Whew, I don't like him at all. But that entire sequence when she offers him her heart, I was just like, "What is happening? Why? Stop doing that!" Yeah. <laughs> no, like when I saw the advertising for this, I was like, "You know what? That's probably gonna be a fun movie. I should see it." And then when I finally saw it for this, it's like that was a fun movie. Yeah, like it was. It, marketing was accurate. I think there's something to be said about Rodriguez made 
probably his flashiest movie here. Like his Sin City had its own flash, but it's like its own brand. Mm-hmm. This one was like his first real like full blown blockbuster style movie, like full blown in the system. Like because Robert Rodriguez is known for being like the running gun director who made a movie with a phone booth for a sound booth. Like he just makes things weird. And this one he had to do like perfect. And I think he did a good job. Like it was yeah. really just him doing his best James Cameron impression. Like it really did feel like a Cameron, like a light storm movie. Yeah. And I think that was kind of cool. I liked seeing somebody else try to do a Cameron movie and see how well they could do with it. And, and see what kind of touches of theirs come through. Yeah. Because when, when people do tend to try, when they try to imitate Cameron, they really lean heavy on imitation of Cameron. And you can, yeah. I guess you could assume like someone would lose that touch of themselves. But I mean, I was seeing things that Rodriguez did in his movies. Just Yeah, for sure. I totally felt Rodriguez during the action sequences. Yep. Because he's better at the hand-to-hand combat stuff in that regard than Cameron. Cameron doesn't really do that in his movies. Nah, he, he's all about the huge hulking guns. Just yeah. <laughs> but then there's also the like the live human face on a very CGI thing. There's a weird... There's like, Cameron. There, there, <laughs> no, there he is. There's Cameron, but like, there's also Rodriguez. Because, yeah. I mean, I've watched all the Spy Kid movies. And when they did like Spy Kids 3D, it was just their heads on computer-generated everything. It was strange everything. looking. It was strange looking. And there's a, there's a little bit of that here. And I think in here, for me, it was a little endearing to see some of those imperfections pop through something so flashy and so on the coattails of box off, like trying to be the blockbuster thing. Yeah. And having to be so perfect, there were some rough edges. And I thought that was kind of nice and a Rodri- very Rodriguez thing. And I think the, sadly, what I think really killed this movie as far as box office anything it was the design of Alita and it was that having her have anime eyes throughout the whole movie. And no matter how many people I told, like you'll get used to it fast. Like it, it, when you first see her, it's like, well, that's weird. And I'd say probably by the end of that scene, you're like, Oh, I guess that's just what she looks like. I'm in. Yeah. You, and right now you could take the trailer for Alita and the trailer for cats and everyone would be like, I think we're going to see Alita. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Is like, it looked weird, but it made sense in the world. It's and not it, horrifying. Exactly. It's not horrifying. Like, I think the weirdest one was, uh, I'm forgetting his name, the the guy who has the sword that she takes at the end of the movie. He was the one who looked the weirdest to me. Yeah. Oh, because he had the normal face and a completely CGI'd body. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I don't remember his name either. He was in Deadpool and he was in Game of Thrones. He's a good actor. Yeah. I think he did a really good job with the character. He nailed that like super cheese. I'm a villain. Like, right. That was kind of the movie. And I, I, I think the reason I liked it so much is because I really, as people who listen to the show or avid listeners would know, I love melodrama. And this movie's just dripping with melodrama. Like it's just that perfect nineties, just like that. I want to be up there where there's so much <laughs> more. <laughs> just like, I want to be where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. They, they climb buildings and they profess love to each other while staring at their oh, goals. Oh, yeah, and he, it's ta- just like- he takes her to his secret spot where We're everyone just- can see you. That's not a secret spot, bro. There's nothing secret about it. But it's like his Aladdin moment. It's and like, total like, how many women have you brought up here? I never take anyone here. I'm just going to get these condoms out of the way. <laughs> but I love that. Like I, I really, really got into that whole like 90s aesthetic, like that real Cameron feel with the Rodriguez and like I thought the world never tripped up on what it was like it never had that moment of uh like disbelief or that no. moment was like oh I questioned this it didn't work everything in the world worked in the world and I think because they nailed that I was in for everything else and I think that that's something that should yeah to 
I think that's an important thing. Just nailing the world in a Cameron sense. Like, yeah, if that world doesn't make any sense, the rest of this movie is just going to topple because the world here, Iron City, and um, I keep forgetting what the, the city above is called. Zolin? Zola? Zolin? Not Zuma's like a drink. Zuma's a pant. A pant. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, no. It's a drink. You're right. I thought it was Zolin. I think it is Zolin. Zolin. What pant am I looking for? The Minnesota pants. What are those called? Zumbas. 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 That's what I was thinking. But the world itself feels real, and you could detour the camera to any, like left or right, and you would see the store. And that store would have a name that made sense. And the people in there would feel real. It's something that, you know, when you played. Dungeons and Dragons or any RPGs, you're always kind of looking to see like where the themes are. You know, not, not not necessarily on purpose to break the fix, the feel of it, but you're looking. It's just kind of an in- unintentional thing that people do. Yeah, like where do they do the laundry over in like you know Rivendell, you know <laughs> things like that. Yeah, There's in the- Iron City, you can do the laundry in yourself. Yeah, yeah. God, that'd be amazing, <laughs> but weird. Like I'm frothing today because I put too much soap. But yeah, no, the world felt very real and physical and tactile for something that was very CGI heavy. And I was really drawn to that. I think that was the big thing for me, the biggest yeah. thing for me on that. Yeah. The world building was just, I think spot on. And then I think Alita was great. I think by having a very strong led character who you were with the whole way through on all of her decisions on everything and everything made sense, except for the one scene where she ripped out her own heart and tried to give it to her boyfriend for reasons for money. Something. Yeah, like that was, and it's just like you're not gonna be able to go with him if he takes your heart, honey. Yeah, like that was the only thing in the movie where I'm like, wait, what? But otherwise, I did like your line afterwards. <laughs> that got intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> but even, but weirdly enough, to what you said about the eyes, I didn't notice that they were weird in the beginning. It, for, if anything else, there were other people's faces and things that looked weird, but for her, it seemed to make sense, like being so android-like. The arms felt so kind of heightened and different. And the eyes, yeah, they seem to match. So yeah. as someone who like was outside of the the backlash on that, I don't necessarily understand it. it. It's just one of those, they tried to really make this a live action anime. And they stuck with that by making mm-hmm. her eyes big. Every one of her counterparts, when you go to her flashbacks, have the same large eyes that she does oh yeah yeah even like so the michelle rodriguez one who looks nothing like michelle rodriguez but you can, no. i know that voice anyway uh but so it's just up, it's pretty much just like the choice of the design of her line or whatnot whatever you would call them their series of androids yeah i mean that makes sense the berserker something yeah the yeah. Berserk or something or another. Yeah. You're right with Berserk. I don't know if there's another word to it. It doesn't matter. Their their fighting style was special and they were Panzer Kunst. They were Erm technology and three hundred years old and she looks great for her age. She does. <laughs> uh but yeah, I thought all that worked really well. And I think all of it worked because Christoph Waltz was there selling the fuck out of it. Christopher Waltz looked amazing with his hammer. He did. I really liked that. Like he looked like he was kind of taken out of like Repo the Genetic Opera he a little totally bit. Totally did. But uh, <laughs> it's I didn't. Still... I didn't know there was an aesthetic that I liked. Yeah. So much as I liked Christoph Waltz with a hat, a trench coat, and a giant jet-powered hammer. Yeah, it's like a mixture of a little bit of Repo the Genetic Opera and a little bit of Bloodborne. And yeah, who knew I wanted those universes to mix? <laughs> who knew I wanted cybernetic Bloodborne? <laughs> yeah. But I thought just the idea of having him in this movie because he sells every movie he's ever been in better than any other actor. He's the best thing in Green Hornet, for God's sake. But like, because he made everything believable and since he was such a good grounded character throughout, 
for me, that made the rest of the world that might be a little bit like, like you have the Jack Earl Haley character, who's just a big hulking monster, could not be any more different from Jack Earl Haley. But I bought into everything because when you go to your root person of Christoph Waltz and he's so perfect in it, it, it tied the whole world together. And I think him as that anchor worked fantastically. And he took the stuff. He took all this stuff seriously. The, for lack of a better term, gobbledygook mm-hmm. of the movie, and that's a big deal for the straight man. And or the the grounding force in anything like this is the verbs, the nouns, all those things have to just be. That's what it is. That's the world. Yeah, it's not silly because it feel- was. And I, I love Jennifer Connelly. I think she's great, but she didn't sell it. I yeah. didn't buy it every time no, that she was Jennifer talking Jennifer Connelly hasn't sold a movie for a while. No, and like it just like I I think she can be phenomenal. And this movie, she just. She wasn't up at that Christoph Waltz or Rose uh, Salazar. Rosa Salazar. Yeah. Salazar. She just wasn't at their their level. Like these two people were in the world. Like you believe when they're in their character that they are their characters. Yeah. And then Jennifer Connelly was Jennifer Connelly. She's not as bad as the nurse. But then again, well, I the don't nurse think, had nothing. To yeah, do. like a nurse Gerhad played by Adara Victor. Yeah. She's usually just kind of standing there going. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Right. She gets a line here and there, but she almost seems like she's on drugs. But I don't I don't blame the actor for that one. Whereas with Jennifer Connelly, I feel like she just didn't sell it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is they were supposed to be married at one time and have a kid. In what world? Not this one. They had no chemistry. No chemistry. And, and she wasn't like, as... How much older than her is she? He? Uh. I'm not even worrying about that. I'm just worried about their actual actor's chemistry. Because I've seen yeah. huge age gaps still have wonderful chemistry. And these two just didn't have it. They didn't. It's, it's, the, it's the, the subtle difference where it's like, it's the difference between doing this for a check and doing this for because you enjoy acting or the craft of acting. Yeah. There's kind of... He was the one doing it for the craft of acting. Yeah. And performing and this was more like uh, it felt like she was phoning it in and compared to everyone else in the movie who absolutely was not it was really apparent because like you go to Mahershala Ali who has double duty of playing his own character and playing Edward Norton and whenever he switches between the two he has a different uh mannerism of speaking he has different vocal tics he uh the way he just holds himself is different he flips between two people in the middle of a scene flawlessly and he had yeah. an amazing death sequence he really did oh my god i don't want to get into my quote because I, I that's your quote oh yeah for oh, sure dang it <laughs> was that your quote too no i have a backup so if you want that one you can have it but his death sequence is phenomenal and it's but again it's just another person who's just selling the fuck out of this world and you just you buy it the whole time and i just i love like his whole uh how'd you get that guy to do everything for you told him to send it to Solomon, like everyone else <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying that to somebody who you made that promise to and just that look on her face of ah fuck pretty much how yeah. she didn't know that already is amazing i honestly didn't know because i when i was watching the first time i'm like i bet he's still sending people there just not how they expect i just had that itch in the back of my head and when you finally yeah. see jennifer connelly in her final form it's like uh that makes sense and she was still conscious i think yes they, oh, yep. she sure was Oof. that's like <laughs> Glorious thing about genres Ooh. like this. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I've only ever seen that done in Crank 2, and it didn't look pleasant there either. No. <laughs> so, what else? Let's, the, get, let's get to them. Well, what were you going to say? Uh, I like the the whole kind of like judges thing they have with the hunter killers. Where they're bounty hunters, but they're oh, kind of yeah. like judges, like oh, from Judge sure. Dredd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, it's so 90s that they all have their own little shtick, their own little like 
nickname and the way that they do their things. And I would really, I would totally watch a side movie about the guy with his dogs. Oh Lepetus? yeah, Lepetus. Is, that his, is that his name? Yeah, oh, that's, Lepetus. Is the, are you talking about Lost again? Yes, I sure. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize that actor at all. That's Lepetus. Okay. <laughs> T minus what to lost reference. But he's got a pack of metal dogs that do his bidding, and that's pretty fun. Oh yeah. And then he helps out the good guys because he, you know, he's on the side of the the uh, dogs. Yeah. The, the technical term for dogs. The. You could even say he's on the side canines? of the underdogs. Canines. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really like before we start recording John mentioned that he thought this movie would work better as a TV show and I I disagree cuz I think this worked I think they nailed the whole scope of the movie in a movie we'll get to that in a minute um I'll let John explain it better than I can yeah, yeah. but in the world of TV shows I would watch the fuck out of that show <laughs> the hunter killer show not just the dog guy but just them All together of them. like just their bar deadpool comes in at some point <laughs> But seriously, like the they did such a good job designing all of the hunter killers. They're by far the most interesting people in the movie who aren't the main characters. Like, and I did like the sequence with her going to rollerball for the first time. Yeah, or whatever it's called. You can call it rollerball. That's essentially uh, what it is. And she's just getting up on that line, going, "Hey, hey, cool. Yeah, we're playing a game." I'm like, don't you recognize these people? It's, she does eventually, but I do like the like the one guy like pulls out the huge sword. She's like. Go easy on me, guys. It's my first time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, something is wrong. Oh, they all want to murder me. <laughs> and the, you liked the uh, announcer guy during that entire thing. Oh, he's so good. He's a good announcer. That announcer is the best at going like, what the it's hell no is rules happening? Tuesday. Yeah, no <laughs> rules Tuesday, I guess. <laughs> Everything he says throughout the entire thing is just so matter of fact. Like, hey. Maybe we'll get some motorball in this motorball game at some point. <laughs> nope, they're still fighting. <laughs> it's like that's the whole thing. If you weren't paying attention to the announcer throughout that wish sequence, it had you been, have to. What's the one comedian of uh, Mulaney? John Mulaney. I kind of would have loved John Mulaney to have been the announcer. Guy. I kept thinking Hannibal Burris because I just love Hannibal Burris's voice. <laughs> Either of them. Yeah, they Mulaney, would have been funny. No, Mulaney is Spider Pig. Yeah. Or Spider Ham or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it is getting weirder. <laughs> and look, they all just left the game. <laughs> Hope you had fun coming tonight, folks. Maybe they'll come back. Shall we wait and see? We shall. One, two. Nope. They're all gone. It worked for me. I'd I'd still enjoy that. <laughs> Swing through the gift shop on your way out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh man, I love that announcer. That sequence is so fucking good. Um, but John, why don't you why don't you talk about how you think this should have been a TV show? Well, and this is interesting coming off the heels of our uh, Avengers Endgame episode and the discussion oh, yeah. of that and the whole the whole point of they did an experiment with a whole series of movies to one conclusion big thing franchise and i guess my thought is there's so many things in this movie when i was watching so many detours that i was interested in taking in this movie that i think were for me a little bit more compelling than necessarily the main narrative of getting up to salem fighting um edward norton as dr robotnik <laughs> like those things the the plot itself ne wasn't necessarily the most engaging thing so much as like suddenly we are in a murder ball ring with a cool announcer this sec like i'm totally on board with this and i kept thinking that in every section of this movie that we we're in like these hunter juror hunter judges like <laughs> hunter jurors <laughs> there's hunter 12 of killer. us for one guy 
but like each of these moments, each of these premises were so interesting in and of themselves in this whole vast world that was very interesting that I wanted to spend some time in it. And lately I've been going back and forth between a lot of TV shows that have had like eight episodes versus 22 episodes and the movies and shows and then having this Marvel experiment go so well being a serialized format over time and just knowing that this movie's never going to get that. It's just like this is a world we can live in and there's so many cool stories to tell that for me that's I kept getting distracted and like they kept having to point back to the plot which for me it was like uh, what are we doing now I'm very much into this murder ball thing or now like there's this like serial killer thing oh it's no it's uh Christoph Waltz but they're fighting robots they're fighting like it's a Blade Runner thing all of a sudden it's a this thing all of a sudden and these things were all so fascinating I think for me it would have been so much better as a just this more drawn out world the show that you can live in that has this overarching plot because getting to Zolom is important. And I've never read like the, the manga or anime that, or watched the anime that's based off yeah. of, but for me, the gist of it is like, that's going to be an eventuality, but let's, let's live in iron city for a while and deal with the shit down here. I don't disagree with any of that. I actually think you're, you're pretty right on the money. My concern and I have, it's just concern is that a lot of that is less is more. And they're really cool ideas. And the more we dive into them, the more they might fall apart. So maybe that's why they were used so sparingly. It's like, these are really cool things as long as we don't dive into them. Like if we do an entire movie on Motorball, then we're just remaking Rollerball, which was only okay. Like even the original was fine. I never saw it. I mean, it's just better than- Just in that? It's definitely better than the Chris Klein one. <laughs> uh, that's a bad movie. The original was fine. I guess. But like, that's the thing is like, there's all these ideas. Like I've seen those movies before Yeah, and they're usually fine. And this one just kind of cherry picked the best things from those crazy movies and just kind of wove them into one overarching story that for me worked. It's unfortunate didn't work as well for you, but I, I liked, I liked just getting little glimpses of like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. And that's really cool. But I was, I liked following her story so much that it didn't bother me that she just kind of dipped her toe in each pool as she went along. And I think maybe some of that too is, to blame on the serialized movie storytelling because as we know this won't get i mean it may get a sequel but it probably won't we won't get that serialized nature to this and so that's the that's the 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 rub of it is like it's good that this movie has all those things in it this movie needed all those things in it but at the same time now that they if they get us if they were to get a second movie they'd be like oh shit we used all our good stuff we can't do this again in the same way otherwise it'll be repeating it i mean it was so it's a weird this weird no man's land when watching it's like i really liked watching every bit of this the problem is that it was a planned trilogy like they have all three movies mapped out from the get-go and that's always a risk especially on a property like this because every live action anime so far has failed yeah every one of them this is the first one that's actually a decent movie and it's still failed it did did all right it did okay it didn't do what disney wanted it to do when they were buying Fox, they thought yeah. this was going to be another franchise for them. And now I'm sorry, Disney. Maybe not, not everything can be the gigantic cash cow. No, but this one, it, it made its money back and then a little bit more. So it did make a profit, just not a lot. And like that is a problem when you're trying to build a whole franchise because diminishing returns. So you might get some of the people who came for the first time, but you can usually guess that probably, I would guess 25 to 30%, if not more, didn't enjoy it. So they're not coming back. It's tough. It's a very tough gamble to make. I mean, we just saw Pacific Rim try it and it failed for them. So can you make the same movie that requires that huge budget that a movie like this does for less money and hope that people still go see it? So then then that raises the question is like how much investment as a non-Disney thing, like a non-Marvel thing that is needed to be able to pull that off. 
And that gap seems to be getting bigger with anything. Yeah. And I think that the problem is like, this isn't even an original property. There's fans of this thing already ingrained. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't show up. Because a lot, a of, lot them just, of them are middle-aged now. Well, a lot of them are middle-aged, and a lot of them have seen every other live-action anime that's come out and gone, well, that sucked. Like, I just saw Ghost in the Shell not that long ago, and that was ferociously terrible. It had one great action sequence, and the rest of the movie was awful. This one has nothing awful in it. It yeah. all works, but we've all been beaten down by these terrible adaptations again and again and again that even when we get a good one, people just assume it's bad. Yeah. It's kind of too bad it's hard for people to go into this movie that happened with an open for mind. comic book movies for a long time long time so it even was still i remember when iron man came out the first time people were like i'm not gonna see it i'm tired of origin stories you were tired of origin stories in 2008 welcome to 2019 <laughs> <laughs> we've had way more marvel has done a lot of origin stories since then and everyone's gobbled it up so it's, it's a very yeah. it's weird just, world to me burn. that's just a strange statement tired of origin stories yeah I kind of get it because I think I was saying the same thing when Iron Man came out because I didn't even see it for like the first three weeks. I'm like, I don't want to see another word. It's like, so do you want a movie about this character where it just leaps right into the middle of something? It doesn't explain anything? As comic book readers, yes, because we know how they got their powers. We just want to see them fight. No, I'm talking about for everybody else who doesn't. Uh, I don't know why they don't want origin stories. People have been reading (laughs) it the whole time. Like, oh, I've seen it. I know Ben <laughs> dies. We get it. Uh, yeah, with Spider-Man, it's just been hitting us over the head. That's why Disney won't even let that line in anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. We should say that line. It's important to Spider-Man. doesn't matter. Alita. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it, what I was talking about. Oh, it, I was talking about how sad it was that it didn't do well. Uh, <laughs> that's why I stopped talking about it. I was bumming myself out. Well, and, and, and things based off of anime are always kind of a tricky thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, even... Uh, What's the movie? What did they end up going with the title for the movie? Uh, Live, Die, Repeat. The, after uh, it came out. After it yeah, came after out. It came Edge out. of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Like that was also based off of a manga slash anime. I'm not sure if it's all you one. need is kill. Yeah, all you need is kill. Like so, it was that fantastic. one also, It was fantastic, but that one also didn't do very well. No. Which I yell at people about. But that one they also westernized a bunch. That one didn't really feel like a manga. Yeah, it was based on it. But it's weird that like it's it's still suffering the same fate as Alita, which is wearing its anime on its sleeves. Oh yeah, just to the to the nines. Like this is a double feature. You watch this with Speed Racer. Like <laughs> it's a, in you like... have to watch this one second because, like I said, <laughs> Motorball is essentially Rollerball on Speed Racer tracks. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to think of what else I have to say about this movie. That's the thing. Is like it's it's. it's a... the... There's not a ton to it's say. It's not a very deep movie. No, it doesn't have a ton to say, but I think everything it does, it does well. Yeah. The only thing we really haven't talked about, and we absolutely have to, is the Chop Shop Boyfriend. Uh, because for a movie that I really enjoy, although it did take me a long time to buy it, even though I knew it's I was It's another thing to. that's kind of similar to the genetic opera. Yeah. Stealing body parts. Yeah. I don't want to say the genetic opera does it better but it might have. Well, there is an entire musical sequence while, uh, while Giles sh- is dripping a guy apart and then puts his hand inside of his chest to and his then, mouth and uses him as a puppet. And sings harmony with himself. <laughs> There's something truly amazing about yeah. Repo the Genetic Opera. Ooh. Uh, how can a movie be just as truly awful as it is amazing? See, You should see Repo the Genetic Opera. And this it. movie. They would be an interesting pairing. Again, I'd watch this one second. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Just to, to cleanse your palate after trying to watch Paris Hilton try to sing. Ugh. There's problems in Repo. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to uh, your point, though. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> About Repo? No, uh, <laughs> there, there was a point you made just before this. 
I don't even remember what I was talking about before mm. this. Oh this is an episode on Reaper the Genetic Opera, right? <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. No, I remembered it. Oh, go for it. Uh, if there was the weakest link in this movie at all, it is the boyfriend. Boyfriend, for sure. Well, we already said that. Yeah. But we didn't really talk about why. And and this is where I'm going to be very mean to the guy, and I apologize. I'm sure he's a nice guy. It, mm. He just didn't sell it. I didn't buy him. And I, I'm not sure if it's because of Rodriguez's character that he, that he and Cameron came up with was just the quintessential 90s boy, and that's just a hard thing to pull off. Or if it was just too mangled of a character of like, you are the quintessential dream boy. You're also a guy who hacks people apart at night and you have a dream of being better than yourself. Like, it just felt like they just didn't have the recipe right. He was on the same level the whole time. You never felt like he was being bad. You never really felt like he understood what he was doing in any given moment. Like, why he shows interest in her. Okay, so he's just doing his job, ripping these people apart, and then he's... Goes back to the lab and sees these people getting put back together uh, by the doctor, and it really never feels like he's having any emotional turmoil at any yeah, point. No, he doesn't. And I'm not again. I don't know if this is on the directing, the writing, or the actor, but either way, we didn't get any punch from anything yeah. with him. So at the end of the movie, when he's dangling for his life, it's just like just fucking let him go. Yeah. Just let yeah. him go. We don't care. It's those it, for- moments with him where I feel like this. This might be where I'm where it, I've stalled out on the movie sometimes when watching this, is like he comes on the scene and I just kind of wonder what time it is or what's going on because yeah. nothing is weighted down. There's been no foundation to his him being bad or him being good or making a turn. Yes. He has seen, like, his guy, him and his 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 bros have been tearing people, robots apart in the street. Uh-huh. So to see it in the lab doesn't make much sense. For you know, Uh-oh. Now that he's lost his body, maybe. But, like, who cares at this point? And he looks like such an idiot without his body. Like his robot body just looks so stupid when he's marching up well, the line. Well, it's not you know the best. It was what he had it available. I know, but yeah. still, like I just, I already don't like the guy. And then he looks like an idiot, and I'm like, yeah. and then he's just marching towards the death trap of the stupid saws that come flying down the thing, thinking he can jump over it. I'm just like, why? why? And it and it just why? and it feels or it just it goes into that trope of a young girl who is freshly born. You know, she's she's not infantilized in her personality, but she is Thank in God. her situation. Yeah, she definitely has those moments. So it's just like, okay, she's freshly born. This is the first boy she meets. And she just latches on to him for her entire existence. He gives her some chocolate and plays ball with her. And then, like, she's willing to die for him. It's just really dumb. I think this is a uh, a good movie that should have gone for female best friend over. Oh, that would have been amazing! Yeah. Like if somehow uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character had survived and she was in hiding, like that sort of. Yeah. Thing. Or what if it was a android best friend who was chopping up other robots, has some weird shit to deal with, but keeping it on the down low. Yeah, and it's, like it's, like that, that gut punch of like, wait, we're we're like each other, but you're destroying us. You're destroying yeah. me. Like. That would have been great. And that's one thing that annoys me with this movie when it came out about the same time as Captain Marvel. And, you know, you had all those jabronis on the internet who were like, we don't like Captain Marvel. And then people said, well, you don't like female characters. And they're like, we liked Alita. And I'm like, okay, that's not a really good defense. After, Especially after seeing this movie, I'm like... Dude, you're just, it's like, it's a female fantasy again. Yeah. Of like, you could just get to find this beautiful, amazing, lithy character 
that you're going to be the first real man she ever meets and she's going to fall head over heels in love with you. And now, it's just like, no, she's not. To be fair, I don't think that was... I agree her meeting the first boy and falling in love with him, that is a problem. But the rest of the dudes in the world latching onto the movie because of that, I don't think is the movie's fault. It's not the movie's fault, but it's just... It One is of the another things problem. That's annoying because sure. yeah. it's the same sort of thing as like however much I love the Fifth Element. It's the same sort of thing. She literally Corbin falls Dallas his, yeah. is the first man she meets and spends any time with, and then he's the love of her life. And yeah. like it's just it's a trope, and so many insult types guys latch onto that because they think they're going to get their hot babe at some point. This is going to drop into their laps. Well, yeah. I mean, if the box office any indicator, even those guys didn't watch it. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so like the excuse doesn't really carry much weight. No, I agree with all the guys who are like, this is what we wanted Ghost in the Shell to be. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. how, like, it was very good. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I still haven't bothered to see Ghost in the Shell, and I like ScarJo. I love Scarlett Johansson, and she does a great job with the character they give her. They yeah. don't give her a good character, but she does the best she can do. Yeah, no, she's she's out there doing her thing yeah. to the best of her ability. Oof. Uh, I think we're good for quotes. You guys good for quotes? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I think we covered everything. Yeah, why don't you go first, uh, just in case. It's near the end when Alita has finally lost her man. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> and she's out for blood, so she sees Mahersha Ali and curses Ed Norton out of him, and then she stabs him in the chest, and he looks down at that and goes, <laughs> oh, that looks fatal. <laughs> and just kind of like smirks and fall, starts falling down and just keeps talking like he's able to act in two different ways there he's acting so good. with the person talking through his mouth and the body he's in is dying it's amazing god he's good yeah. uh, I can hear our son running in the hallway at us we should try to, <laughs> keep trying to wrap this up uh, okay so my quote uh, comes from the hunter killer scene where she finds all of them in the bar and she's going to try to rally them together to fight for her which goes horribly which is very funny and I love that um but she does so by trying to find the biggest guy in the room and take him down. <laughs> and she fucking does. Yeah. She grabs his neck, punches him in the face, throws him across the room, and then she gets in her fighting stance. And then he's sitting there and he goes, that bitch broke my nose. And she just goes, yes, I did. <laughs> That's such a I, good- I love the moment when she throws his sword back at her and goes, you do not deserve such a weapon. Just the swagger that she gets once she gets that body, or once she oh, gets yeah. that at like she gets into the mindset that she's a berserker. Yeah, that swagger was just so entertaining to watch. <laughs> she just be like, "Oh, the stones on this one, yeah, they just, are they are huge." That fucking line, just the <laughs> "Yes, I did," because that's just such. Oh yeah, I was meaning to break your nose, and I successfully did so. Enjoy your broken nose. <laughs> and then she slices his face, and he's like, oh, no, my face. Oh. My beautiful, beautiful face. You poor little thing. Ooh. Oh, what, a, what a great scene that is, too. <laughs> uh, for me, the, the quote, in these types of movies, uh, cyberpunk, and this, this sort of genre where you're dealing with androids or robotics and trying to deal with what's human and where the moral stance is, I, uh, the line from Christoph Waltz's character, Ido, this is just a body. It's not bad or good that's just that part's up to you during kind of her moment of crisis and i'm a sucker for those types of moments in this this genre that they're playing in because a lot of thing, a lot of this is about programming and how you're programmed to be and like you can you can overpower that because it's just who you, who you are is what's important and the decisions you make and you can make those you are neither good nor bad you're not predetermined for this like it, there's a lot of cool stuff in that line and 
You were just a ghost in a shell. <laughs> just a ghost in a shell. Ruh-roh. But uh, Christoph Waltz <laughs> delivering it is probably what makes it so compelling. Yeah, that's two actors in the same movie that could listen to read a phone book. Yeah. Uh, review system for today. Uh, so I would say, how many, how many hearts would you give this movie? Oh. Or what kind of heart? Okay. Heart this movie. Heart it up. I would not give this movie a heart that could power an entire city for five years. I would not do that. Uh, I would give this city, uh, you know, a good, a good transferable pig heart. <laughs> Where they say it's really close to genetically to a human's and it can most likely keep you alive for a little while. Sure. And for that little while, you can live it up. Uh, it's not going to last forever. Kind of like this movie. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll get a franchise. I think it's just one really good movie. So live it up during it. That's a really good review. Mine is going to be somewhat similar, but I'm also kind of leaping off of yours. Not that I meant to do that, but it just kind of worked out that way. I would give this movie one of those hearts that can power something for five years, but I'm doing that specifically to try to keep this damn thing alive <laughs> you want so that I can see what happens in two and three because I really liked it and I want to see where it goes. So I will give it that heart to just go for it. I want it. her to stab Dr. Robotnik. So do I. Yeah, I want to see where this goes. So I would give it that heart. Uh, for me, I would, uh, in this great future of ours where you can get ma- machine hearts and all that, I would refurbish, take, you know, get a new one I, at, at the heart store, getting a new one. And, you know, the, the model that you turn in and have them refurbished to send back. Like, sure. Yeah, that would be the one I'd give Alita. Okay. Yeah, huh. that works. It's got some humanity in it. It's got, got some factory promise. warranty. Yeah, yeah. It's a little rough around the edges, but, you know, it's still a good heart. I'm yeah. just getting a different one over here. Plugs. Listen up. Adventure Brothers on Mondays. Listen to us on Thursdays. Read articles at ATHpod.com and listen to Damage Boost every Friday. Be sure to check out Samwise every Tuesday and Wednesdays. I'll let John say. Uh, Yeah, we've got Demon Days, the actual play podcast I dungeon master for or game master. Uh, My players get up to a lot of shenanigans and we're having a fun time with it. Uh, that's everything. That's it. Oh, oh! Be sure to watch Superstore when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, sure, Superstore coming Come. coming at you late September on Thursdays. What? What? All right. So, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to all of this episode. Bye. 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 Alita. Alita. Can I please have a date?